0: Thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your mercy this morning. Your mercies are new every morning. So, Father, when we woke up, we moved into new mercies today. We have faith in the mercy of God. We believe in the mercy of God, that it's moving in our situation. We thank you, Father, for that mercy, your goodness, and everybody said, Amen. You know, I was in a service not... Sometime back, and there was someone that was in the service I was acquainted with, they had made some very poor choices. They weren't born again, but they had made many poor choices in a row that had started having a, a great, great negative effect in their home and in their life. And They couldn't say they didn't know better. They knew better, you know. They couldn't say they didn't know what the outcome would be. They knew what the outcome would be, you know. I, I had met with them and cautioned them about some things. But they still made those choices and in a, in a service after those choices had played out and started and i mean critical critical conditions critical difficulties they put them in and uh you know they were they were calling out to god for help and god god began to deal with me for that person to uh, release their faith in the mercy of god because now they're going to need mercy thank god for the blood of jesus that cleanses you but when it's caused damage that has been far-reaching it's the mercy of God that'll move into those situations you know you couldn't claim ignorance so you claim mercy That's right. That's right. <laughs> amen. amen thank amen. God for the mercy of God, God mercy. And, I, and I've seen God's mercy work in that situation yeah. for that person yeah. you know yeah. so thank God for his mercy you, Lord. hallelujah Hallelujah. Lord. hallelujah. hallelujah. Mercy. how many times that the Spirit of God warned us don't do that don't you know don't, and we still did it well now we're gonna need mercy yeah <laughs> Yeah, and we're we're glad about that mercy, aren't we? Hallelujah! Well, turn around to somebody before you're seated, and say, "I'm going to receive today." What about you? I uh, one one of the things that we've always appreciated about Dad Hagen is how he he would constantly encourage us as ministers to not be afraid to preach the same thing over and over and over and over. And, and the reason is, is he knew that faith, full faith doesn't come with one hearing. Don't ever think because you heard the sermon once, I got it. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Yeah. When, when you hear a sermon and it stirs you and moves you and something's authored in you, Jesus, yeah. not only au- the author, he's the finisher, he's so, the and, uh, the finisher. and the finisher, yeah. so, yeah. so it's always good, and in today's, in today's technology, we can hear things over and over and over again so that the finish of that, that it's moving into your life and moving into the situations of your life, right. that it's not just, it's not just a sermon you got thrilled about while you were in the building, but once you walked out the building, yeah. it started moving into the different yeah. arenas of your life life and started having an effect for you yeah. and so that's why we we're, all, we're always appreciative to hear the same thing over and over and over again mental assent will say I've already heard that yeah. that's true. but faith won't say I've already already know all that Amen. faith won't because faith knows there's more to know and more to see about the word yeah. And so Dad, Dad Hagen, in his crusades, he would repeat many of the same sermons over and over and over, and we never tired of it. We never got bored. In fact, we felt cheated if we didn't hear some of the stories that we were acquainted with and used to hearing. We felt cheated. Wait a minute, he didn't talk about the deathbed, you know. Or, wait a minute, he didn't talk about, Ida May, you know, uh, Ida Mae Alexander, or what, what, what's her name? Ima Jean Alexander. That, that one's my favorite. Gene Alexander, some, some of the Rhema guys uh, that had worked on the music team, they were saying that when they would do the offering, that they would fill out uh, uh, offering envelopes from Imogene Alexander and you know, all, use all the names that Dad Hagen had used in his sermon. <clears throat> because we were acquainted with that. It felt like home. Amen. Praise God. You understand that? It felt like home. You're hearing from home when you hear what you've heard home say before. And, uh, you know, when I go home, uh, back back to our home or back to my parents where I was you know if I walk in and the couches it, it the couches change, changed I'm going wait 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 where's the where's the couch that was here you know yeah. mom said well I got a new one well, I didn't want a new one yeah. Yeah. you know because that, that couch isn't home the other couch was home yeah. does that make sense yeah. to you yeah. and so you, when you go back to home you want to see what you've always seen before yeah. because it's a comfort to you it's a, yeah. it's an assurance that home is there Amen. and so when we hear The same sermons over and over again, it's an assurance to us. And it's a comfort to us to get to recline on those truths again. Amen. and to hear those truths and so dad hagen would teach us about you don't have to have something new all the time because people are needing the same thing and he wasn't talking about growing stagnant because when he would repeat a sermon there was certainly nothing stagnant about that right, 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 right. <clears throat> it was always so fresh and you would hear him tell it and it was never mundane it was as fresh in the telling that you would hear him say as the first time you heard him tell it you know oh, wow. And so, uh, and so in the same, in the Crusades, he would pr- preach much of the same services sermons over and over again. He would preach on love, and he would preach that again and again to us. And he'd preach Mark eleven twenty three and 24. And, you know, most certainly you couldn't have a crusade with Dad Hagen and not go to Mark 11. You know, if, if, if anything, just tear out those pages and bring them to the service. <laughs> <laughs> because you're going to go there. And, and and it felt like home. And, uh, Amen. but but also another one that he would always that he would always repeat is the one about casting your cares over Amen. on the Lord. Yeah. He would he would teach on on the sin of worry. And Amen. you know just because Dad Hagen left doesn't mean we don't need to hear from home. Amen. We still, as, as those who say he was our spiritual father, we need to be carrying on those same messages. Maybe, yes. maybe not the exact same points or the exact right. same way he brought it out, but the same topics so that people yes. could recline on those. That's right. That's because right. uh, Just because he left, the revelation didn't go with him. That's right the revelations here and we need to take our cues what was he ministering on let's keep going that way because this era it needs that this era is really built on the previous era yeah, and you right, say okay. well God's doing something new what's he doing well he's doing more of what he did in the previous yeah, one. That's right. that's he's right. not changing the flow he's yeah. adding to yeah, that's that good. flow Amen. That's good, Pastor. but how can he add to it if we abandon what he was emphasizing in the previous flow so I, as ministers, we need to be continuing the same things he taught about living full of the Spirit and yeah. about, about, about faith and about love. He, just, he brought all those things to us, so we continue with those, but we bring, bring our revelation and our fullness Amen. to it. And so this morning, we're going to go that direction of the sin of worry. How about that? Yeah, hey, come on now. We, we got to remind ourselves, because you see, faith won't work in just any atmosphere, You can't be in doubt and unbelief in your faith work. And so we need our faith working, so we've got to keep the wrong things out of our life. And, And I made this statement last night, I believe it was, And this is something that we need to remind ourselves that when Dad Hagin, after he got born again on that deathbed, although he needed healing, although he needed that heart condition changed, he needed that incurable blood condition dealt with by the power of God, healing is not the first thing God started dealing with him about. The first thing he started dealing with him about was the sin of worry. And see, we need, we, need to, we need to keep that phrase the way Dad Hagen taught it to us, the sin of worry. Sin of it's worry. a sin. Yeah, it's right. not just a feeling. It's not just a choice. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm worrying. That's it's it's right. a sin. That's Why? Right. Because that's it's right. against what God said to do. That's right. That's right. That's good. Amen. That's good. And when that's we good. treat it like a sin of worry, then we'll resist that temptation to right. sin. Right. Because worry is a temptation that must be resisted because it's wrong. And so uh, God dealt with Dad Hagen. the first thing, not about healing, but He dealt with him about the sin of worry because He knew if He didn't stop him from worrying that he, number one, couldn't receive healing, and number two, if he did receive healing, he couldn't maintain it. As long as the sin of worry was moving in his life. And so He dealt with that. And I don't care who you are, and I don't care how long you've known God and how great your faith is, you have to make sure that you're not succumbing to the sin of worry. Amen. Amen. And uh, I remember one time we were in a meeting and and Dad Hagen, uh, he had uh, had been going through, you know, a season of difficulty and some testing. And he got up and he preached on the sin of worry. And Ed leaned over to me and said, he's preaching to himself today. And I tell you what, it's all right for a preacher uh, to get oh, him to preach to himself. Come on now. Because if the preacher needs it, you know the people need yeah, it. People and how long man. he's walked with God, he was making sure, I'm staying out of that flow of worry. Yeah. And I'm going to stay in the flow of faith. Oh, Amen. And so uh, we, we tell you, you know, don't worry. Don't, don't, don't worry about anything. But this morning, we're going to look at what the Word says. The Word gives us very definite steps on how not to worry. Amen. So we're going to look at those very Amen. definite Praise steps that are lined out in the Word. Amen. And uh, let, let's go this morning. Let's go. I, I want you to see. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And, and you know, the thing that you have to understand it's so easy to slip into worry and not realize you slipped into it. That's right. That's right. That's why we need to continually be doing a checkup. In that arena, make sure we're not worrying. Now, you you need to remember this. Dad Hagen gave us the understanding. He says, how do you know if you're worrying? And he would say this, if you're thinking about it. If you're thinking about it, that's right. Whoo, that kind of cleared the table, didn't it? If you're thinking about it, you're worrying. And uh, God... Said, and we went over there and looked at it last night in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Remember, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Fear tries to undo a sound mind. Take the mind out of balance. Take it on tilt, so to speak. I like what the Amplified says, a calm, well-balanced, disciplined, self-controlled mind. I like that word calm. I, that the mind isn't racing and tortured, but the mind is calm. Yeah. Worry will steal that calmness yeah. from yeah. you. Yeah. So how do you know if you're worrying if you're thinking about it you and your mind's not calm anymore? Right. And so you have to take a stand and you have to talk to worry and say, worry, I refuse. Yes. Or, I refuse to worry. And really, uh, fear and doubt are two tormenting twins that get together and they give birth to worry. Oh, come on. When you're in worry, it's because fear and doubt that's right. Are trying to gain entrance. Wow. You wouldn't worry if you had no fear of something going wrong. That's good, Pastor. That's good. Answer. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Come on. You wouldn't worry if you if you if if you had no doubt. Yeah. Wow. And so, worry is the foul offspring of fear and doubt. So many times, when you're worrying, you might need to check: Am I yielding to fear somewhere? Yeah. Panic attacks, yeah. nothing but the spirit of fear. You That's see. Right anxiety, nothing but fear, you see, worry, nothing but fear, and so so you you recognize it, say, I refuse, I refuse, I refuse to yield to it, I won't do it, and doctors will tell you, let me tell you something, worry opens the door to condemnation, yeah, and uh, you'll get under condemnation, and uh, then your faith won't work. And doctors will tell you, and Dad Hagen used to say this because the doctor told him this, that doctors would tell you, don't worry about anything. And the doctors told him, uh, half the graveyards are filled yep. with people who died of worry. Yeah. It yeah. was worry that opened the door. Right, right, worry right. that opened the door. Yeah. And uh, he said, worry is the worst thing in the world on your heart. Isn't that something yeah. that it, it'll start affecting the way your body functions? That's right, that's right. You start yielding to that, and it'll start affecting that. Well, isn't that what it says over, Jesus said, uh, in the last days, men's hearts will fail them for fear. fear. Yes. Well, worry's just the offspring of fear. That's right, that's right. And uh, he says your body will start shutting down. Why? Because your body and your mind was not built to conduct worry. Yeah. That's right. God didn't build it with any capacity to conduct worry and you start pouring the wrong thing into that body and the body starts uh, acting up, so to speak. Uh, um, I I I was watching a television show, one of those reality shows recently and the guys were driving a piece of equipment across the country and it was a diesel engine, you know, in that vehicle and one of the guys had put gasoline in it. Oh my goodness. And that engine wasn't built to conduct gasoline. Did you see that? Did you see that one? Or you just know what that'll do. Or what, what, what? Oh, you know somebody who did that? Okay. <laughs> because that engine wasn't built for that to flow through it. And so they were talking about on the show that they had to, it destroyed the engine. So now why God is letting you know Worry is not is not authored by God, therefore if you inject it into God's creation yeah, come on. Oh, that's good, that it will shut it down, it shut will it down. cause difficulty. Your body and your mind was not built to conduct worry. Yes, that's right. And it will it will be in its undoing. Yeah. And so you have to catch it. And just because you might have worried in the past or just because you're around people that 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 worry, that doesn't mean you have to get in that flow. That's right. Amen. And sometimes, some people have been in such that flow, they don't know what the flow is like not to have worry. They don't even really know what a calm mind is like because they've never had it. That a calmness is more foreign to them than turmoil. That turmoil and crisis has become their norm. And uh, so anyway, we we need to make sure that we check on these things because, number one, it will shut down the body. Yeah. The body will not function right. Worry will open the door to sickness and disease. Come on, come on. Understand that. Yeah, yeah. There, there's someone that I had pastored years ago, and I say, they, I say that loosely. I pastored the family. This person came, came rarely to church. But they ended up dying in their mid-30s, and when the doctors did the autopsy on them, they said there was absolutely nothing, that we found no physical reason, because she, she, was, she was filled with fear and worry. And I'd try to tell her, sick, she kept telling me, I just need to change my diet. Honey, if you, it's not yeah. your diet come in on, the sense of. Yeah. Now, in her situation, it wasn't her diet. She wanted to, you know, think that, that it could be cured with something out, outside, you know. Yeah. But I kept telling her, honey, it's, a, it's, it's fear that you need to deal with. And she didn't believe me, and she wouldn't take her stand against fear. And they ended up burying her. You wow. see, and the doctors opened her up because they said, we can't find anything wrong with her. And after they did the autopsy, there's nothing wrong with, nothing her. Wrong Fear with her. Killed her. Fear killed her. Wow. It started shutting down her body. She wow. so, yeah, she was wearing, you know, the doctor's mask around. And it was obvious that she was just tormented. And I don't make light of it. She was tormented. Right. Bless her heart. But we don't have to live that way. But worry will torment That's you. That's right. That's right. Yes, it will. Uh, Look, and and so remember the the woman with the issue of blood after she touched Jesus' garment, and Jesus said, who touched me? And she testified and said, it was me. And he said, daughter, go thy way. Thy faith is made thee whole. And then the Amplified said, he said, go into peace and be whole. The Amplified says, go into peace and be whole. The King James says, go in peace. But the Amplified says, go into peace. Make that your flow. Yes, Move sure. into, peace into peace because uh, you've received your healing, but if you don't protect your peace, you'll lose your healing. Wow. Is basically yeah. what he was telling yeah. her. Yeah, absolutely. And worry yeah. destroys yeah. your peace. Yeah. Yeah. Now, out there in the book table, I put, uh, there, there's a series, it's a single tape, uh, Three Ways Sickness Enters and I've also put three-way defeat enters because it's the same way sickness enters is the same way any other kind of defeat can enter and those are three things that the Spirit of God gave us and the number one thing he listed was worry the sin of worry the The number one thing the Spirit of God listed was the sin of worry and like I said sometimes people are worrying and have no idea that they're doing it because it's been such a flow of their life they don't even recognize it as wrong anymore so we need to start paying attention start paying attention (laughs) <laughs> and so, uh, t- and then the Amplified says over there when he's talking to the woman with the issue of blood that was healed, he says, go into peace and be continually healed is what the Amplified says. Meaning, uh, there needs to be a continual flow of God's power. Yeah. So you're going to have to stay in a continual flow of peace because once you step outside of peace, God's flow stops. That's right, that's right. And another flow will start moving. Yes, that's right. A flow you don't want. That's right. And then not only that, worry will, worry will cause you financial problems. Yeah. You can worry yourself into debt. You can worry yourself into, into bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. You Come can on, worry on. yourself into business failure. Yeah. Yeah. And Dad Hagen would warn us about this. He said, talk about the lack of money and it'll keep money from coming in. Wow! Come on. Now pay attention to that. Talk about the lack of money. And it will keep money from coming in. Well, what about the flip side? Talk about the abundance of money. Talk about the abundance of supply. And it will cause the supply to come in. Yes, hallelujah. Amen. So if you talk about, honey, we don't have enough money, that statement right there will keep it from coming. Honey, I don't know what we're going to do financially. That statement will keep it from coming. All you have to do is say, I might not know where it's going to come from, but I know, I I have a supply. I have a supply, hallelujah. Amen. To God. Amen. Yes. So worry will shut down the body. Worry will shut down the flow of supply into your life. So we see here in Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus was talking in verse 25, he said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now notice here, he's saying what you shall eat, what you should drink, what you should put on your body. So he's saying, I don't want you worrying about the liquid that goes in your mouth the food that goes in your mouth or the clothes that go on your back. If He doesn't want you worrying about the things that must flow to you every single day, the small details of life, then that certainly would encompass He doesn't want you worrying about the bigger things. He took it all the way down to the detail, the smallest flow of your daily life. Don't even worry about the water that goes in your mouth, whether you're going to have, don't even worry about that. So that means anything that's greater than those small details are not to be worried about. He doesn't want you worrying about water. He doesn't want you worrying about your mortgage. That's right. That's right. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I refuse to worry about my mortgage. I refuse to worry about my job. I refuse to worry about the lack of a job. God doesn't want me worrying about water that comes out of the faucet. So I'm not going to worry about these things that we would deem as bigger issues in our life. Right, right. And then it goes on. We see that in verse 25. And then it says, uh, look at verse 27. Which one of you by taking thought can add? In other words, he's saying you can't add any height to you. You can't add anything to your stature. By worrying. And so he's saying this which one of you ever started worrying and that when you got finished worrying, you looked over there and that which you were worrying about was added to you? Worry never added anything to you. That's right, that's right. It subtracts. Yes, it does. It subtracts. Yes. It subtracts from your health, it subtracts from your supply, it subtracts from your peace, it subtracts from everything. And then we go on down and we can see uh, where he said, uh, Verse thirty-two. For after all these things, do the Gentiles seek? I like what one translation said. It says, "the Gentile, the Gentiles are occupied." The Gentile. How many of you know Gentiles are those who don't know God? And the Amplified says this is what those who don't know God are concerned about. Not the Amplified; a different translation. I believe it was the Barclay translation. This is what those who don't know God are concerned about. Yeah. So when, you're worried, when you worry, you are jumping the line and standing with those who don't know God. Yeah. We know God. Therefore, it's forbidden for us to worry. Yeah. Forbidden. Why? Because He's going to take care of us, and when we worry, we're, we're, we're accusing Him of not being capable, of not taking care of us and you might not know where your money's going to come from you might not know how God's going to work out a situation but don't ever accuse God of not being able to work it out amen. Amen. amen and it's critical that we understand that when we worry we're accusing God of not being enough for us but he's more than enough then if we go over go with me to first Peter chapter 5 first Peter chapter 5 and like I said you can slip into worry not even realize you've been living there for three months Yeah. First Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Casting all your care on him. Look at this, for he cares. For he cares. So he's contrasting your care and his care. Either you can take care of it or he can take care of it. Which one you want? Because if you leave it in that you'll take care of it, there's many things you can't take care of. But on his side, there's nothing he can't take care of. And have you ever noticed this, that sometimes we make decisions, we make choices, we make steps that get us into such, if we could say this in our terminology, we get into such complicated situations. There's so many... Details, this affects that and that affects this, and it starts getting all intertwined and it looks complicated. And we think that because the, the problem is complicated, we think that the answer is complicated. Right. Um, and the answer is simple yeah. His power and His ability yeah. simply moving and uncomplicates everything. Yeah. So, Amen. God, so casting all your care on Him for He cares yeah. for you. And how many of you know this is for our benefit? It's for our benefit to cast our care over on him we're the ones who benefit from how much better it is to have him taking care of the situation than you taking care of the situation and uh, we see this that as long as it's in our hands it's not in his and I I remember growing up one day I would have been about eight nine years old and there was uh, the neighbors that that said uh, you know they they said there's a carnival in town and that was big news in Altus Oklahoma you know to have a carnival and so they said, would you like to go? And, I, oh, yeah, I wanted to go. But, you know, Mother and Daddy worked there. They weren't they weren't going to take us. And so I ran in the house, and Mother was at home. And I said, Mom, can I go to the carnival with the neighbors? Yes, you can go. I said, can I have money? She said, yes, here's a quarter. So I had a quarter yeah. uh, to, to go to the carnival with. And, you know, they had rides and stuff. I wasn't interested in the rides. The rides don't mean anything to me. Some people love the rides. I don't like the rides. Amen. Uh, they had a jewelry stand there at the carnival, and that was the one I was interested in. And you know, you're getting into some fine quality when you go there at carnival. And, yeah. Oh, brother, this, this is heirloom stuff, you know. <laughs> and so And so I remember they had this chain on a spool, you know, like a necklace chain. And so I went in there and got me a quarter, you know, took my quarter and bought me a necklace and Oh, I was thrilled! I was thrilled with my necklace, but the links were so tiny on it, and so and so small, you know, that there, no thickness to them, no weight to them. And so I lived in that necklace, you know. I, I'd sleep in it, and I'd take my bath in it, and I never took it off. It just stayed on all the time. So you can imagine, with those little delicate links, that that, that no, it didn't quite have time to turn green. It was all it's knotted up. I don't think there was enough metal to produce any color of green. But it knotted up, and it, it those links started getting twisted and. And stuff and so I I took it off and I remember trying to undo it and my fingers weren't my fingers weren't the correct tools because my fingers were too big for those little links and finally when I couldn't do it anymore I took it to mother and I said mother would can you get that out and she took her straight pin and she got the point of that and she worked that loose and when I started seeing it come to loose it come loose I got thrilled, you know, because now I can do it, I can do it, I can do it, and I took it back, and I, you know, because I wanted to finish it up, but by the time my hands, because it wasn't the right tools for it, you know, by the time my hands started pulling on it, I got it back in a knot, and she said, now, when you're done with it, hand it back to me, and I'll fix it right, but as long as I took it out of her hands, she was done working on it, that's what God's saying. Wow. Cast yeah, all your care good. over on me, that's good. for I'll take care of it. But if yeah. you're going to keep it in your hands, then I can't work on it. Amen. And worry holds it in your hands. Yeah. Wow, come on. You understand that? So when he says, casting all your care, this isn't an option. He's letting you know, as long as you're worrying about it, my care can't move for you. Casting all your cares on me, and he'll take care of it. Now, I like how the Amplified says, because it hits home with us, it says, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, so he, he hid every kind of word that we could conjure up to substitute for worry. Oh, I'm, you know, it's not worry, I'm just concerned. No, it's worry. All your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on Him. For He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. And and one translation says, He's interested in you. He's interested in you. And he'll take care of it. Notice affectionately. He's not going to slam you in the head for having that problem. He'll affectionately take care of that situation. He won't condemningly point at you. That's right. But he'll affectionately take care of it. He won't accuse you for getting into that mess. He wouldn't say, now see, if you'd have straightened up, you wouldn't be having to come to me about this. He'll affectionately take care of what you wrongfully sometimes created. Yeah. Then you go with me, if you would, and let's go over to uh, Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Hallelujah. So good. Was... Verse six. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the King James says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. The Amplified says, Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I love this word anything in that passage. About anything. Because there are are problems that I have created in my life. I can't even blame the devil on it. Yeah, come on, Amen. come on. I knew not what? to do that, oh, that's good. and I did it. I knew not to to go that direction, and I went that direction. Yeah. And uh, I can't even blame the devil for for that. Uh, do not worry. Well, you understand, Pastor Nancy, I've missed it. Yeah, but just because you missed it doesn't mean you have to suffer defeat. That's right. Amen. And we kind of get this idea that if I missed it, then I then I have to forfeit something. Right, right. Oh, wow. Come on, Pastor. Good. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But Pastor Nancy, you don't understand I created this problem. So you think you have to you have to fix it. You have to lay in bed and be consumed. He said, do not worry or fret or have any anxiety about anything. anything. I, I, I love something I was thinking about this in one of Dad Hagen's stories. How he talks about if you'll remember he came out of a service one night and fell and slipped on the ice as he was coming out the door. Anybody remember that? And he fell on his elbow. Anybody remember that? So the doctor's taking, I mean, the pastor's driving him to the doctor, the hospital, and uh, the Spirit of God spoke to him while he's in the car and said, don't worry about it. I'll talk to you about it later. Remember, they go in he goes in he realizes that it was just dislocated they put him in the hospital he stays there a couple of days and that's when he had that vision of the hospital visitor Jesus came walking in in the books and under the vision book that's the chapter it's under the hospital visitor and Jesus comes walking in and pulls up a chair and sits down and talks to him for an hour and a half and he said to him he said "Uh, the reason this happened you opened the door to the devil In other words, you missed it. And he told him where he missed it. But notice when Jesus first sat down with him, the first thing he did, he commended him for not worrying about it. Now, this is what I want you to get. Praise God, that's good. Dad Hagen's the one that missed it, but the word the Holy Ghost spoke to him while he was driving to the doctor don't worry about anything. Wow, that's good. Even though you missed it, right, that's good. Don't worry. Come on now. Wow, that's good. And the first thing he began to talk to him about in the hospital, when he appeared to him, he commended him for not worrying. Because why did he say don't worry about it? Because if you got into worry, you have to wonder if Jesus' visitation could have ever happened. He had to stay in faith. He had to stay out of worry, stay out of fear, or would that visitation have happened? And that's why I believe he said, don't worry about it. And he commended him. That's the first thing he commended him on was not worrying. So he was saying, thank you for keeping the door open so I could come in and talk to you. Yeah. Wow. Amen. Good. So even though you missed it, don't worry about it. Because if you don't worry about it, then you'll keep the door open for God to move in that behalf. Yeah. To move in that situation, even though you might have missed it, keep the door open to God. Now, I'll tell you something, as ministers, it'd be a blessing to you, especially pastors, to know this. Uh, we, uh, we were with a pastor years ago, and he had had Dad Hagen in, in his church for a week a Crusade, and he said to Dad, he said, Dad, he said, it seems when I go to minister to someone in my congregation who has fallen into coma, he says, I've had very little success in dealing with that kind of a situation. He said, can you tell me how best to minister to someone in a coma? Because he says, I'm not really, over the years of pastoring, had success in that. And Dad Hagen said this, before you can minister to someone who's in a coma, you have to know the last thing they said before they went into the yes, coma. Yes. Did they talk faith, or did they talk doubt and unbelief? Because if they talked faith, then the door's open for for God's power to meet them. Oh, but he that's said, sad. but if they talk doubt and unbelief, they close the door and God's power can't reach wow. them. because." Now they're yeah, in that coma, yeah. you see. So he said you have to find out from the family members what were they saying, what were they doing, you see. What, what, kind, what, what flow were they cooperating right, with? Right, right, right. So what was he saying? Whether God could have reached them when they're in that state determined what, if they let the door open or closed. Where he closes the door to God. Yes. That's why he says, "Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything, because if you want power to reach that, you're going to have to leave the door open. Hallelujah. Worry shuts the door." Well, oh, that's so good, Pastor. So good. Pastor. Hallelujah. Oh, Praise God. Well, you say, "Well, I know that." Yeah, but you're going to get to use this yeah. the rest of your life. It's not enough to say, "I know it." You got to use this. So Hallelujah. And I. Uh, you know, when it says here the, key, the amplified do not, when it says "Do not," it doesn't mean unless you want to. Or unless you fi- when it says "do not," that means there's no leeway there. Yes, right. There's no option that's handed you from God. Don't do this. Um, Morgan and Stephen and Liam, they're, he, they're our, grand, our grandson, he's about almost two years old now. And uh, one night they said, they said would, would you watch him? You know, they were going to go out. And I said, sure, I'll watch him. And when I watch him, I watch him differently maybe because I'm the type, uh, and I did this with my own kids, uh, is that when I'm watching kids, I fence them in. I'm not chasing them all over the house. They're going to have to look and, and, and do a tour of the home when I'm not watching them. <laughs> and he was at this point he had just really learned to walk and he was he was moving freely so he loved walking all through the house and getting in the drawers and going through the cabinets and he he loved touching you know he's just touching everything and so uh so we had the kind of set up you know more of an open open uh floor plan with our home and so there's no real way to get a gate and baby gate them off you know so I, 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 in, in our family room there, it's all open. And so what I did, I pulled up his toy box, you know, because it makes kind of a semicircle the way our seating is set up. I pulled up a toy box on one side. I put the ottoman at another side, and I just completely hemmed him in in that seating area. But it's, large, it's a large enough area he can play in. His toy box is in there, and the TV's in there. And so I was sitting in there, and he realized after about an hour that he was hemmed in that he hadn't been doing his daily tour through the house, you know? And so he, he, he realized that after about an hour, wait a minute, there's things in my way. And so we have, a, we have a tile floor in there and so things move easily on it. And so he walked up and here he was, he was not even quite a year old. And he walked up and he looked at that ottoman because he realized that's, a, that's blocking something that's not normally there. And so he looked over at me and he looked at that ottoman and stood in front of him. I said, don't you touch that. Because he could have moved it because it would have just slid easily. I said, don't you touch that. So he goes off and he plays and he comes back. And he and he, this, th- this being the ottoman, he, he looks at that ottoman. And then he goes like this. And he starts moving that And he starts going like this. <laughs> and I said, do not touch that so he puts his hands down and he walks off. And then a few minutes later when I'm looking down somewhere else, he comes up and he's looking you know out the corner of his eye and he's <laughs> doing this. And I said, I said, do not touch that. And then he started crying. I said, "Oh no, and don't you pull that with me either." And he stopped crying and that was it. God said, "Do not fret, yes. do not, do not. Don't give it this action. Come on. <laughs> do not. Now see, if he would have kept up and wouldn't have stopped, I would have had to get up and spank his butcher honey. <laughs> would I have done it? Oh yeah, I'd do it. Because I'm not going to have a kid that when he's with me, that he, he's a problem. Yeah, come on. I don't want him thinking he can come to my house and get away with everything. He don't get away with everything in my house. Come on no, up. That's good. Yes. Yeah. And so I'll spank him. and Why? Because I want to enjoy him, and I want him to enjoy me. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I, I got up, and I didn't, well, because he stopped, I didn't have to get up and spank him, but I would have. There would have been a penalty for violating do not. Yeah, yeah. Wow. If you violate do not, there's a penalty. The penalty is not from God, but the penalty is from sin. Sin carries a penalty with it. Yes, it does. And worry is a sin. Do not. Do not. Do not. So maybe we should, when we're sitting at the dinner table and the spouse says, I don't know what to do in this situation, do not. Don't even go there. Just don't even go there. Just do not. Yeah, amen. Or you can look at him and go. <laughs> Why? Because we would rather you have the answer and not the penalty. Right. Amen. amen Amen. So we can tell you, okay, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Okay, tell me how not to worry. We're going to see in this passage, God gives us the four steps how not to worry. You ready for him? Yes. Okay verse 6 the King James be careful for nothing now here's how to do it step number one but in everything by prayer and supplication let your requests be made known unto God look at this in everything by prayer how many of you know prayer is simply you talking to God that's what prayer is in its general sense in its general sense prayer is you talking to God so for step number one, instead of worrying, instead of being anxious, instead of being concerned, step number one, talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Talk to God. Isn't that something that we have to remind ourselves, talk to God about it? Well, why, why do we have to remind ourselves? Because we're natural, we're human, and it's natural to slip back into the natural And it's natural to start talking to other people about it. It's natural to start trying to handle it ourselves. It's natural to start trying to figure it out. And so he's saying, number one, talk to God about it. How many of you know anytime you're talking to God, you're doing something supernatural? That's right. You're you're stepping out of the natural and into the supernatural. So in other words, he's saying instead of worrying about all... How many of you know your worries are in the natural realm? If I could put it that way, your worries aren't in the spiritual realm. Right. There's total That's victory right. in the spirit realm. That's right. Amen. Your worries are all in the natural realm. If you stay in the natural realm, you stay in the realm of worries. So he's saying step over into the supernatural realm. Talk, start talking to God. Bring the supernatural into that natural situation and let the supernatural change that. So step number one, talk to God about it. Don't talk to, pa- to people about it. And sometimes you're going to have to go disobey God to talk to your pastor about it. Oh, I can't believe you said that. Well, I did. <laughs> because there, there comes a time when God expects you to do the word and not flip back into the natural and flip back to what you might have done in the past. Now. But now you've come up to faith. You've come up to knowing some things. Come God on. expects you to do what you know and quit flipping back to what you did when you didn't know. That's good. That's good. That's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Is it wrong to talk to your pastor? No. But if the Spirit of God leads you to just go ahead and do something different then it's wrong to do what you always did. Yes. So number one, talk to God about it. Let me tell you, can I tell you what to me counseling should involve more? It's more, many people come to me, what should I do, pastor? And my question is then, well, what has God told you to do? Right. The, 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 role of, the role of the pastor in counseling is to help you identify what God is saying to you. It's not to tell you what God's saying to you. It's to help you identify what God has said to you. And if you haven't taken time to talk to God about it, you're wasting your time because come and talk to me because I can't even help you identify what God would have said because you haven't even talked to him about it yet. Amen. Counseling is, Pastor, I've been talking to God about this situation. This is what comes to my heart. Does that bear witness with you, you and go. with the Word? Is that in line with what, what God's counsel would be to me? That's good, Pastor. That's where counseling comes in. It's not from me hearing for God for, from God for you. So number one, talk to God about it. Hallelujah. So be careful for nothing but in everything by talking to God. Let your requests be made known unto Him. So step number one, talk to God. Step number two, as we see in this word, by prayer and supplication. Now we're getting to a more specific flow of prayer. We talked about prayer in its general sense as talking to God, but now we're talking about a specific flow of prayer because there's there's several different types of prayer. Dad Hagen taught us about the nine different kinds of prayer. Supplication is one of those kinds. He singles out supplication as now when you talk to God, now add supplication to it what is supplication supplication in a general sense supplication involves and carries with it the idea of pouring your heart out to god yeah. so he's saying number 1 when you talk to god Number two, while you're talking to God, pour your heart out. Pour out every detail of that situation that tries to trouble you, that tries to make you anxious. Talk to God about that. Don't carry any part of that which tries to trouble you with you. Don't just say, oh, God, you know I've got this problem. I'm just going to cast it into your care. Yeah, but there's details about it that are trying to trouble you. Talk to him about those details. Haven't you ever talked to somebody, maybe there was a conflict, there was an issue that needed to be resolved with somebody, and you went to them and you said, you know, we need to talk about this, and you talked about everything except the main point, or you left some of the things unsaid, maybe they handled this a certain way or that a certain way, And, you know, for example, if me being a pastor and if I'm dealing with a staff member and they did something that was out of line, they did something that wasn't helpful or beneficial, I could go to them and say, well, uh, let me tell you, this thing was wrong. But if I didn't tell them why it was wrong, how it was wrong, and what the danger of doing that would be, then really I could walk away from there and not solve it. Although I, I addressed it, I didn't give the details of it. And so yeah, I can walk good. out of there not being satisfied because I really didn't resolve it at the root. Right, right, right. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And, you, and, and you know, for example, with the kids when the boys were young, if they did something wrong, I would make them, I'd say, you come and you repent to me or you go repent to daddy. And I wouldn't let them say, I'm sorry. No, 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 that's not gonna work here. What are you sorry for? <laughs> Wow, wow. Well, I'm yeah. sorry because you, you said I was wrong. No, 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 I'm oh. not, you're not sorry because I said you were wrong. That's right, that's right. You broke that thing, then you went and hid it from me in the corner, yeah, Stephen. Yeah. So when you repent, I don't want you to say, I'm sorry. I want you to say, I'm sorry I broke that thing and I went and hid it. Because if you'll acknowledge it, yes. then you won't do it again hopefully right, right. this general repentance is really a repent if, it, if you just say husband and wife oh my goodness I've had this in counseling come on now. she starts going telling me about he's done this, this 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 and he looks over and says okay I'm sorry for everything there's something lacking in yeah, the heart of it that's right, that's right. something just wasn't addressed okay I'm sorry for everything yeah, okay. That's a general, a general repentance shows a lack of involvement of the heart. It's just trying to shift right. something. Yeah. That's good, Pastor. That's good. Yeah. And when you start casting your cares over on the Lord, I just give it all to you. Well, what are you giving to Him? Well, Father, I, I want you to know there's been a lack of, of funds. I, I refuse to worry about that. But you know what? Another thing that's been trying to trouble me is... I don't know what's going to happen at my job. I give you that care. I don't. If I if I lose my job, my mind's been going this way. If I if I lose my job, will I have enough to meet my mortgage? I give all of that. Every everything that tries to trouble you, every, detail it out with prayer and supplicate yeah. with prayer and supplication. When you're talking to God, bring pour out every detail of it. That way, when you leave that place of prayer, none of it's in there left unspoken. Yeah. So good, so good. And when the devil tries to trouble you again with that, you say, oh, oh, no, you don't, because, see, I laid that detail on the Father. I laid that aspect of the worry on the Father. I didn't just in a general sense fling it. I took every little thing and I took time because it's important to me. And it's important to him that I tell him and let him know everything. You say, well, God knows everything, but that's not the point. Jesus said, your father knows what you have need of even before you ask. Yes, Meaning you still hallelujah. have to ask. Just him hallelujah. knowing is not enough. You have to say. That's right. He might know every aspect of that situation that's trying to worry and trouble you, but it's not enough that he knows that you need to say it so you can dismiss it from your thought life. Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise Step God. number one, talk to God. Step number two, when you're talking to God, pour out every detail so that that detail can't, can't harm you and trouble you in the middle of the night. Won't wake you up because then when that detail comes to your mind, you go, oh, no, you don't because I, I leave that detail of that situation over on God, and I refuse to touch it. Now, after you talk to God and you pour out every detail of that to Him, look at the next thing that is going to happen. And step number three... And the peace of God. Notice, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Really, step number three is an automatic result of step number one and two. Amen. You say, well, the peace of God didn't flow my direction. Then you didn't do step number one and two right. You might have still held your hand on it while you were giving it to Him, so to speak. And you're still there with your hand on it because when you do step number one and step number two right, number three is the flow that's going to meet you, and it's the peace of God. And I tell you what, in the peace of God, that's the flow where God's power is going to meet your situation. What is the peace of God? It's the anointing and presence of God. Hallelujah. Years ago when Ed was, we had gone to the doctor's office and he had had some symptoms in his body and the doctor said to him, he said, you've got cancer. And they said, it's in, it's in your glands. They said, the, guy, the, the doctor said, I guarantee you it's in your bone. Well, it wasn't in his bone. He said that to be dramatic, which I don't appreciate. I don't appreciate drama. Yeah. You know, some people delight in it but you shouldn't even make an accusation about, like that when you've know. you never even tested. You just That's give people right. something to overcome. I think, it's, I think it's a lack of responsibility yeah. to make a statement like that. Yeah. And so, and so we, we got in the, I got in the car, Ed had come in a separate vehicle. So we walked out of that doctor's office and I got in that car and I knew this, that this was an opportunity that the devil would like to trouble me. Yeah. Yeah. So I got in the car and before I even turned the car on and drove off that parking lot, I started talking. Because something's going to talk. Might as well be me. Yes, that's right, that's right. Might as well. It's my mind. So I got in the car and I said, God, I know my mind could go a million different directions. I mean, I was only, you know, in my mid to late 30s then. I said, my mind could go a million different directions. You know it. I know it. And the devil would like for it too. But I said, I'm telling you right now, I'm not letting it. I refuse. I will not... Go into that mental arena. And I started praising God. Let me tell you something. Praising God keeps the door closed to bombarding thoughts. Amen. That's good, Pastor. Learn that. If you don't learn it, you'll never you'll never experience victory. When the mind starts getting harassed and troubled, you better start praising. Because it brings the anointing and presence of God on the situation. And so I started praising God, and I started speaking in other tongues, and it wasn't three minutes till like a blanket came down over my head. I could tangibly feel it drop over my head and over my shoulders, and I tell you what, there was such peace that I couldn't have conjured up a worry if I'd tried. I could not have. And I got home, and Ed, by the time I got home, Ed had already been home, and he said, God spoke to me. There was two places where I opened the door to the devil. He says, I repented of it. And he said, God told me it'd be gone in 30 days, all those symptoms, in 30 days it was all gone. Praise God, hallelujah. But see, even though, look, even though he had missed it, because God showed him where he missed it, God still didn't want us worrying,
1: because right.
0: he, we needed his power, and worry would have closed the door to his power. Amen, amen, praise God. And so, I, and I didn't get into a labor Wrestling. Yeah. I just started resting. See, I talked to God about it. I said, God, I just Hallelujah. want you to know. Yeah. And I started talking to him about it. So step number one, talk to God. Step number two, talk to him about it in detail. And step number three, what will happen is peace will flow. Hallelujah. Now step number four, and really step number three is more uh, on God's part, that the, that the peace of God will rise up. But your steps number one and two gave access to that. Yeah. It facilitated that. So good. It, set the st- it, set the, it set the atmosphere for that to happen, so to speak. And then we see this. Now we see step number four in verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. So step number four is this. That which tried to trouble you previously, don't let your mind go back to that. Refuse to allow your mind to go back to what troubled you because you already gave it to him in step number one and two. Amen. So that means that once peace comes, once you you cast it over on God, you just can't let your mind run off and do anything it wants. Because you let your mind run off, it'll take you to places you don't want to go. That's so good. That's right, Pastor. And that peace is for your heart and your mind. And that peace will be like, and the Amplified says, a garrison of soldiers. A garrison of soldiers is a, is a permanent military installation. Yeah, yeah. That peace protects you. That peace, of whenever, whenever uh, darts, fiery darts try to come, the peace I- I- is what causes those to not reach you. Yeah. Amen. Amen? Step number one is what? Talk to God. Step number two is how you're going to talk to God. How? Pour out your heart, heart, every detail of it. Step number three is a result here. What is that? The peace of God will flow. Step number four is now back in your court. What is it? Think on these things. Don't let your mind go back to what troubled you, but think on and make on purpose the things that that will that will hold for peace in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. This is doable. Yeah. Amen. I want you to know doing this is easier than worrying. That's right. That's right. Yes. It's easier than worrying. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. Are you helped today? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh my. Oh my. You know there's always more to know, always more to see. Yes. Always more to be refreshed in, isn't there? Stand with me to your feet this morning. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. We give you thanks. You know, if you're here this morning, you might, you might want to go ahead and take the, these first two steps. Right here. Amen. And what will happen? Steps number three and four will follow. Amen. Just raise up your hands. Father, we're so grateful. We're so grateful that you planned peace for us. Jesus, you left us an inheritance of peace. You said, my peace I bequeath or I leave to you. That which governed you, is to govern us. So we thank you for that peace. We thank you that it is our present possession and we yield to it. Have you ever noticed that in the Christian life, a Christian life is about yielding. Really, every human life is about yielding. You can yield to worry or you can yield to peace. You don't have to try to get peace. It's on the inside of you. Jesus left it to you. You have the fruit of peace on yes, the inside of you. Inside. Amen? Amen? Yield to it. Yield you say, I don't know, you know how to yield to it. Oh, yeah, you do. You know how to yield to worry. The same way you yield to worry is the same way you yield to peace. Yes. You put your mind that direction. Amen? Amen. You talk that direction. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And too many times people don't realize that these kind of sermons are your answers for yeah. what you're facing. Yeah. You think you have a financial problem when really it's a peace problem you think you have a physical problem well you may but many times it points back to a peace problem and I said this the other day when I face a need no matter whether it's physical financial spiritual the first thing I start doing is I start fortifying myself in peace I start reading scriptures about peace why because I'm going to put myself in the flow that healing can come I'm going to put myself in the position to where supply can reach me They shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace.
1: Have you ever noticed
0: it's difficult to hear God when you're worried? Amen. Difficult to hear God when you're worried. I remember I said to God one time there was a decision that I needed to make. And I said to God, and it was, a, it, it was an important decision. And I said, I, I said to God, I, I said, I have, you know, I had peace about doing a certain thing, but oh, my mind was bombarded. But don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. And I said, God, I'm just going to wait in your presence for clarity on that. And while I was praying one day, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, The peace is the clarity. Act on the peace. See, I was waiting for something additional to lead me. Whether it be God speaking, whether it be something, whether, some other kind of prompting, some other kind of leading. And God spoke to me and said, The peace is the clarity. Hallelujah. But see, if you forfeit your peace up to worry, how are you going to be able to follow the peace that's on the inside of you? Because you've yielded that up or, you know, gave that up to to go the direction that God's not leading. They shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. If you need direction, quit worrying about it and just get yourself into the flow of peace because it's in the flow of peace that God's voice is heard. Praise God. It's in the atmosphere of peace to where you can receive what heaven has provided for you. And remember what it says, that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink. It doesn't consist of these things, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Meaning, if you're not in peace, you've left the flow of the Holy Ghost. People talk about the flow of the Holy Ghost. Thank God for the nine gifts of the Spirit, but the the flow of the Holy Ghost involves other things. It involves joy. If you're not in joy, you're not in the flow of the Spirit. If you're not in peace, you've left the flow of the Spirit because that is the way the Spirit leads and flows. Amen. The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Now you know you're in the flow of the Holy Ghost when you're not flowing with condemnation, but you're flowing with righteousness. You're not flowing with guilt and accusations, but you're flowing with righteousness. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I'm helped today. I I refuse to live one day troubled. I refuse. Not troubled about what I did, what I didn't do, what I did wrong, what I should have done. I'm not going to do that. God authored for me a calm mind. And I'm going to have it. I'm going to have it. You know, The Spirit of God said something to me years ago. He said, start every day in the Spirit and then keep your heart turned toward me all day long. I've learned to see that starting every day in the Spirit is not always starting every day praying in other tongues. Yes, it does involve that. It could involve that. But it involves other things. I will take time to just sit and get quiet and just get peaceful because peace is the flow of in the Spirit. That's good, Pastor. Start every day in the spirit. Can we say this? Start every day in peace. In peace. Get your heart connected. Get yeah. your life connected to that peace that's in your heart. Hallelujah. Don't don't start out tur- tur- in turmoil and troubled. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, this is answers for people. And people, many times, the devil's trying to make you think that your answer needs something more dramatic than this. But many times, this this isn't a dramatic sermon, but it's an, a sermon of answers. God's abundance, God's provision, God's supply, God's leading reaches you when you're in the flow of peace. No matter what you're facing, reestablish yourself in peace. And if you'll do that, you'll, you'll keep the way open. Yeah. We don't have them out there. You, might, you can contact our ministry or you can contact Jay Eberly's ministry. I have a, he has a CD, a scripture CD where he reads on rest and peace then he just put together those same scriptures in a book. I would encourage you to get hold of those uh, because I carry it with me. I have it with me on the road. Why? Because I'm going to stay in peace. Why? Because it affects my health. It affects our finances. It affects our marriage. It affects everything. Amen? And I'm going to stay in the flow of the Holy Ghost, and peace is the flow of the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, yes. Because people think that just be walking in the spirit is meaning you, you, you see into the other realm all the time. That's not, that, it, it involves that, but it can include that, but that's not the totality of it. Walking in peace is walking in the spirit. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? Father, we thank you this morning. We give you glory and honor. We give you praise and thanksgiving. Hallelujah. Hallelujah you know if you're here this morning i know the other day i ministered for those who were dealing with depression or harassed by the spirit of fear and i ministered to you but if you're here this morning and maybe i didn't have the opportunity now if i already ministered to you you don't need to come up again but if that's you this morning you say pastor nancy i just I, I, just, I just need that peace to, to take its place again in my life. Well, you're going to have to yield to it, but I'll, I'll pray for you. I'll bless you this morning. If that's you, come up here real quickly. I don't mind ministering to you. I'd count it a privilege. Have you ever seen a car that maybe, well, you'd have it more up here, being that you have more, more of the extreme weather. But haven't you ever seen a car where you go out, you got a battery in it, but it's dead? And you go and you hook up jumper cables to it, and that which was dead, it starts moving? Well, I want you to know, really, when I lay hands on people, really, that's just, that's just causing power to flow from one, from one spirit to another spirit, charging you back up, amen, refreshing you. But now, once, once, I ha- once you have hands laid on you, know this, that when you leave, now you know what to do to keep that peace, all right? Hallelujah. Congregation, reach your hands out toward these people. Those of you that are up here, just raise up your hands. Close your eyes. Don't pray in the Holy Ghost. This is the time to be receiving. It's not the time to be putting out. And when you're praying in the Holy Ghost, you're putting out. But just quietly, just receive. Quiet your mind and receive. Don't think about what you've been facing. Don't think about what you've been going through. Just receive that anointing. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed blessed in Jesus' name. We thank you for it. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus' name. name. Hallelujah. Blessed in Jesus'
1: name.
0: Blessed. In Jesus' name. Like on the sea, Blessed in Jesus' name. Blessed in Jesus name. Blessed in Jesus name. Blessed in Jesus' 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 name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Thank you, I firmly believe that when you leave this place you can sense the peace like a blanket be on you. When we got that testimony that Ed had cancer, I tell you what, there was a blanket of peace. I tangibly felt it. I tangibly felt it. And I tell you what, that's as much a flow of the Spirit as any other other thing that we could receive. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father. Blessed in Jesus' name. We thank you for it, Father. Some people just need to quit trying so hard trying to help God out, trying to hear from God, blessed in Jesus' name, trying to receive, trying to get direction. Quit trying. Just rest.
1: Just rest.
0: Amen. Doesn't it tell us in Hebrews that those who have entered into faith have entered into rest? Rest. It also tells us that those, uh, those that believe DO NOT MAKE haste. It MEANS THEY DON'T GET IN A HURRY. THERE'S NO PUSH IN BELIEVING. THERE'S NO PRESSURE DRIVING YOU.
1: Yeah. GOTTA GET IT
0: DONE, GOTTA GET IT DONE, GOTTA GET IT DONE. THAT'S NOT FAITH. That's right. That's right. FAITH CAN REST ON GOD'S time, TIME CALENDAR. AND TOO MANY TIMES WE PUT PRESSURE ON OUR OWN SELVES BY SETTING DEADLINES ON THINGS, YOU KNOW. BY THIS TIME I WANT THIS, BY THIS TIME I WANT THIS. AND THEN YOU PUT PRESSURE IN JUST RESTING, JUST RESTING. Actively releasing your faith while you rest. Not trying, but just resting. And resting doesn't mean inactivity because your faith still is active even in that flow of rest because really sometimes it takes more faith to rest than it does to get up and try to make things work. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we thank you today.